Well, did we finish up our God's Will to Heal series last week? We got our 30 reasons plus one. Huh? Or a summary. God said so. I mean, that's good enough for me. How about you? God said so. Well, let's go to something else tonight. Go to Hebrews, the sixth chapter, and verse 11. He said, take heed, brethren, lest the... Uh, oh, I'm in the wrong place. <laughs> well, y'all said the right thing, you know. <laughs> we desire, verse 11... That every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope to the end. That you be not slothful or slothful depending on who you read after. But followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. I'm going to read that again. Look at it with me closely. We desire that every one of you, everybody, do show the what? The same what? Diligence. To the full assurance of hope or expectation to the end. Then he says this on another side, that you be not slothful. There's two words I want you to notice here. The previous verse, the word diligence. And in this word, the word slothful, which is the other side of it. It's the opposite of being diligent. Some of your translations, what do they say instead of slothful? Huh? Sluggard or sluggish or lazy. We don't say slothful so much. Now it's usually lazy. Lazy. We could preach on that. <laughs> In fact, we will. <laughs> the subject is diligence. Diligence. I've been stirred up in my spirit about it. And I believe we should get into it and get in the word on the subject. And as I begin to delve into it, oh my, it's big in the scripture. Hundreds and hundreds of references about this. And uh, the opposite of diligence is laziness, slothfulness. And man, they're just, we're going to get into them tonight. They're just scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture about don't be lazy. But how many people come up to you and readily admit, you know, I am lazy. <laughs> When's the last time you heard somebody said, you know, I am a lazy rascal. <laughs> well, no, I mean, if you ask anybody, are you lazy? Well, no, uh-uh. And just asking and talking to people, it'd be hard to find any lazy people. Because nobody, or very few, are going to acknowledge that they're lazy. Well then, who are all these scriptures for? Because the Lord obviously is addressing a big issue and a big problem. Did we uh, get rid of all the lazy people on the planet? <laughs> Or are there a lot of folks being slothful 
lazy, not being diligent, but not calling it that, not acknowledging it. And is it costing blessings? Is it costing people in life? Everybody say diligence. I want us to begin tonight talking about diligence. Let's read our text again. We desire that every one of you, who's this far now? Hmm? Are there part of us in here tonight that's so diligent that we don't need to hear about this? No. This is for who? Every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope to the end. How long do you need to be diligent? All the way to the end. That you be not slothful. One translation says dull and lazy. But followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Now here you see two other words used after diligence. He said be, show, show diligence all the way to the end. Don't be slothful and through faith and patience. Patience is a word that goes right hand in hand with diligence. Somebody say patience, patience. and diligence. diligence. Now see, uh, the way we use patience in modern vernacular, people tend to have the idea of a passive waiting. Just be patient, sit down and wait. That's not what this word means. In the, the Greek word is translated patience, does not mean sit passively and wait. It actually is in, in other translations brought out perseverance, persistence. Through faith and perseverance, you inherit the promise. Does that sound like being diligent? Through faith and what? Perseverance. Perseverance, or you could say through being diligent. Faith and being diligent. Faith and being persistent and being perseverant. Through that, not just faith, but through faith and the diligent persistence. You'll inherit the promises. Now that's what we need to get into tonight. Because there's, there's some folk that have gotten off with what they're calling faith. Everybody smile and look straight ahead and I'll be happy. <laughs> and if we say something that's a little close to home, don't get a scowl on your face. And, you know, because what will that do? That will give you away. Right, right at the moment, just smile and look straight ahead and go, amen, Brother Keith. Boy, somebody needs to hear that. And if it's you, that's between you and the Lord. But you know, if we do this right, something's going to apply to every one of us before this is over with. Right? Because the Bible's talking to me and it's talking to you. And none of us have arrived to where we don't need to hear these verses anymore. Right? But we've got to be honest with ourselves. There might be some areas where you just are fervent and diligent in your life. And then there might be some others where you're just other areas where you're just completely lazy in this area. Doesn't mean that you just are a lazy person, period. It means in that area, you've been lazy. Y'all with me? So we're not calling names. We're not throwing stones. 
I'm not judging you. Don't judge me. I'll judge me. You judge you. And most of it can be private. (laughs) I'll just treat you like you're diligent in every area. (laughs) You can treat me like I'm diligent in every area. And if we're not, well, that's our personal business. We'll get on it and take care of it, right? Get revelation and light throughout the teaching. Everybody said out loud, Father, Father, I reverence your word. I ask for illumination, increased light and revelation. Show us how these verses apply to us, how they apply to me. I'll receive it. I'm open. I want to know. And by your grace, we'll come up and move forward. Amen. So be it. So be it. Uh, A number of people have used their distorted idea of the faith message to excuse and justify their lack of diligence. The number of folks have the idea they're not going to do anything They're just going to believe God and do nothing. But the Bible paints another picture. And James said, faith without works is is dead. And we've talked about faith. And we're talking about faith on Sunday mornings. And we're going to keep on talking about faith. But we need to talk about this side too, don't we? Yeah, you believe God. Yeah, you make confessions. But there's also boots on the ground. There's also getting up early and staying up late. Are you with me now? Going when you don't feel like going. Doing it as long as it takes when you wished it was done five days ago. And how many know that if you ignore all that and you're just going to make confessions, there's some things not going to work. And if you're not knowledgeable of this, you can be scratching your head going, well, I believe I'm making confessions. Well, yeah, but there's diligence Amen. through faith and, let me say, and, faith and, patience, perseverance. He mentioned diligence previously. You inherit the promises. Go to the text. Let's read the rest of this because this all flows together. He said that you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. So we just got through reading in Galatians that you shall reap if. There's an if. If you don't faint. I mean, what would fainting look like and sound like? Well, you get tired of fooling with it. You get tired of doing it. So you quit and go sit down. Go lay down. Quit. Well, are you going to reap anyway? No. He went on to say, through faith and patience, inherit the promises. When God made promise to Abraham because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. Is anybody bigger than God? Uh Uh-uh. He had to swear by himself because there was nobody else. (laughs) Bigger than him that he could swear by. 
And he said, surely blessing I'll bless you and multiplying I'll multiply you. And so the next afternoon, huh? So in three days, at the end of the week, at the end of the year, uh uh-uh. After he had patiently, what does patient mean now in the Bible? Not passive waiting, perseverant, persistent and persistent. After perseverantly (laughs) enduring, is that a new word? He obtained the promise. After he had patiently endured. He obtained the promise. He got it. Numerous times you got people wanting to talk to you about somebody that didn't get it. Have you found that? Ah, so-and-so, they prayed, and they did that, and they made, you know, 150 confessions every day, and they didn't get it. Well, then we don't want to talk about that. Let's find somebody that got it. Come on now, y'all with me here now? Whether it's me or you, whoever it is. If I did something and I didn't get it, well, you don't want to follow me. Let's me and you both find somebody that got it. And do what they did. Abraham got it. Sarah got it. And he's telling us how they got it. They got it through faith. We know that. Romans tells us that. Other places tell us that. But here he's t- in Hebrews, he's telling us it wasn't faith by itself. It was faith and. Faith and this perseverance that involves diligence day in, day out, week after week, month after month. Somebody say amen. amen. And after he had patiently endured, he obtained. Isaac was born. Glory to God. Against all physical reason. Miraculous. Doesn't get too hard for God. Sarah's body couldn't conceive when she was 18. Now she's gone through the change of life. They're old. I mean, you think about a 99-year-old man. 90-year-old woman showing up at the clinic. We just want to have a checkup. Why? Well, we're going to have some children. (laughs) Say, what? (laughs) And you couldn't conceive. She couldn't conceive when she was 25. But with God, with God, nothing shall be impossible. It's never too far gone. It's never too late. Never too hard. Never. 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 But it's going to take faith and something else. Diligent perseverance. And that's what separates the men from the boys and the girls from the women. A lot of folk can believe God like a house of fire for three and a half days. Right? A lot of folk can believe God. Wonderful. For two weeks. But when time goes on, symptoms Linger and persist. And the money's still not there. And the money's still not there. And the money's still not there. Come on. 
The pain's still there. Still got the issue. Still got the thing. Month after month. Well, you can get weary. But here's somebody that obtained. How many know it was some time between when the Lord told him this and when it happened? Years. Somebody say years. 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 Decades. Years and decades. But, I mean, Abraham and Sarah both. They had some rocky times when they first started. He said, well, God, he laughed and said, you know, let Ishmael live before you. And then Sarah, when she heard it, laughed. They got off to rocky starts. They had their moments when they weren't doing so hard, right? But they overcame them. And you know they're living on the same planet we're living on. They got flesh like us. You know over decades of time they had days when they weren't as excited as they were at other days. Right? You know it. They got flesh. They got feelings. And they're getting older every year. It seems like they're getting further and further. It was impossible when they started. Now it's worse. (laughs) But. Faith just keeps on believing and keeps on being persistent and diligent. And he obtained. Now notice in the, uh, that was the sixth chapter. Go to the eleventh chapter. Hebrews 11, the great faith chapter, and verse 6. He says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is, and you also got to believe, he is a rewarder of them that seek him. Oh yeah, diligently. Seek him. Hmm? We live in a lazy generation. We got conveniences on top of conveniences. We got drive through and instant and microwave everything. Hmm? And some of it's okay, but some of the lifestyle has contributed to problems spiritually. There's sometimes people want to know, well, you know, we see people that are raised from the dead in Africa. We see people that have missing limbs that are put back on in Africa and You know, why don't we see some of those things to that degree here? I'll tell you one reason. Some of those very meetings some people are talking about, these men and women walked for days in 100 plus degree heat and stood outside all day in the brutal heat till the service started. I mean, they'll be out there for days. With barely enough water and food to sustain yourself. And people in this country sometimes won't come across the street to go to church. Much less if the service lasted over three hours. Oh. (laughs) When people get hungry enough that they'll stand out in the hot sun and worship God at the top of their lungs for five hours. And listen to preaching for three and want more. Yes. Those that hunger and thirst 
will be filled. What about those that are not hungry? Those that are not thirsty. Those that are like, well, if it's convenient, I don't like to park that far away and then walk. I'll just stay home. Well, yeah, but I want to sit in that seat or elsewise I just don't enjoy it. <laughs> Is that being diligent? Let me give you some definitions of diligent. And these are from the Hebrew words and from the Greek words. There's more than one, and I know most people don't care to know all the technical aspects of this, so I'll just give you a summary. One of the key words is translated diligent means vehemently. Vehemently. That sounds like intense, doesn't it? Vehemently. That has to do with uh, intense and passionate. Somebody say passionate. That's a word we use nowadays. Passionate. Do you know you need to be passionate about the things of God? You see another word used in the New Testament, fervent. Fervent. In fact, let's just go over there and look at the scripture while we're here. I'll continue to give you these definitions, but in uh, Romans, the 12th chapter, Romans 12, how many believe in God with me tonight and in this series? Do you believe this will be good? Will this help us? It will. Romans 12 and verse 11, Romans 12, 11, he says what? Not slothful in business. Now everybody's got business. Somebody say, well, I'm not a businessman. Oh, you got business, man. <laughs> I'm not a business woman. Yes, woman, you have business. You got household business. You got child business. You got pet business. Garden business. Car business. Is that right? What about your business? You need to be seeing to your business. You need to be tending to your business. And not waiting on somebody else to take care of your business. Somebody say, I got business. And I am supposed to take care of my business. In what manner? Not slothful. In business, one word for this here is tardy, not tardy, not late. How many would understand that diligent is not late? Diligent is on time or early. I'm going to pause for a moment right there. Now, I hope you don't think that this is... Not spiritual enough for you. Because this is as spiritual as it gets. One reason I believe the Lord's leading us to get into it is because we've got so many people that think all there is to being spiritual is going to church and praying and making confessions and watching DVDs and listening to CDs and taking notes. No, that's just one side of it. What we're actually talking about is real spirituality. 
The more fleshly one is, the more lazy one is. It just goes hand in hand. The more you yield to the flesh, the more lazy you become. And the lower you drop your standards. Hmm? Used to, your standards were up here. But then you let this go. And eventually you let this go. I mean, there are people whose houses used to be spick and span, everything in its place. And now it's a disaster. And it's been that way for months. I mean, anybody can get busy and have a couple of days where things are not like they ought to be. But I'm talking about month after month after month, you can't even find stuff. That's a sign your spirituality has slipped. Now, people don't like this because they like to imagine, oh, no, now I'm inside. I've got it together. Outside, you see a lot of sloppiness and messiness, but inside, in my inner man, my spirit is together. (laughs) You wish. It just ain't so. The more you get it together on the inside, the more you get it together spiritually, the more it shows up on the outside. The more diligent you get, the more punctual you get. Are we going to be okay with this? Now, if you don't think that's right, prove me wrong with the Bible. I think you'll begin to find out. The more you look into it, you'll see. Did you hear what we said now? Fleshiness goes hand in hand with slothfulness. The more spiritual one is, the more together one is, the more diligent you'll be. I saw this, Phyllis and I did, in the early days of our traveling. I mean, we started traveling, doing our own meetings back in 1981. And we'd go to places where, man, the people, you could tell, they'd been getting ready for weeks and months. Everything's together. And I began to notice these places were also the places that had prayed. And we had good meetings. But there were other places we went to. And it seemed like they forgot we were coming. I mean, we had been to places where we were left at the airport for half a day. Like people forgot we were coming. And you got there and the rooms weren't ready and no reservations were made. No preparation was made. Nothing. And I saw again and again, these are also the people that didn't pray. Oh boy. Yeah. If they didn't do the natural, That's they right. didn't do the spiritual either. That's right. That's right. I begin to see a pattern. Uh-huh. People like to separate them and go, oh, no, now we do the spiritual. We ain't so hot on the natural. But we do the spiritual. I'm sorry, but that's a delusion. And it's one reason we're talking about it because we got a bunch of people who just let everything go and they try to justify it because in their minds they're spiritual and their spiritual activities take up all their time and resources so that they're unable to keep anything together naturally. (laughs) 
Don't just take my word for it now. Examine it in the light of the word. And I'm going to show you about 50 scriptures. Before we're through, you know how we do. I wouldn't start out on this with just an idea. I'm not called to preach my ideas. Hmm? No. Thank God for light. Now see, your flesh and my flesh are the same. They want to be lazy. Your flesh wants to be lazy. Your flesh wants to lay in the bed and not get up. Ever. (laughs) Your flesh doesn't want to take care of things. Just let it go. Just let it go. Just let it go. And that's the way sin is too. Just let it go. Oh, no big deal. Let it go. I oh, we can do that. No big deal. Let it go. See, that goes hand in hand. Notice that many times the evil spirits that Jesus dealt with were called unclean spirits. And the people that were yielding to them were nasty. Why? It's just too much trouble for them to bathe. Too much trouble for them to clean up anything or do anything. I said, well, it's all going to get dirty again anyway. I know it. But we have a witness to keep. We don't just represent ourselves. We represent the Lord. And there are things we ought to be diligent about. Let me show you an excellent verse. I saw today that I hadn't noticed so much before now. In Ezra. Yeah. Anybody know where Ezra is? <laughs> Ezra the seventh chapter and the 23rd verse. Mark this one. Don't let it get away from you. Put it in your notes. Y'all put it up on the screen in case somebody doesn't have it. Ezra 7. And 23, either look in your Bible, look at the screen. What does it say? Whatsoever is commanded by the God of heaven, let it be done. Let it be diligently done for the house of the God of heaven. Let it be diligently done. Somebody say diligently done. If it has to do with the things of the Lord, how should it be done? Sloppily? Carelessly? Hmm? Somebody say diligently. We've already given you a couple of words for that. What's one of them? Passionately? Fervently? Intent with intensity? When I start thinking about these things, I think about Brother Kenneth Copeland and one of the first music projects he did. Y'all might have heard me tell this or heard him to tell it. I wasn't there. I've just heard him talk about it. But uh, he had hired some of the best musicians he could find to come into the studio. He didn't have his own band. And and they're laying down tracks. And uh, if you've ever done studio work, it's time consuming. You layer things. People think, well, you just all go in, sing your song, and poop, great. Uh Uh-uh. Days and weeks and days and weeks. And and so they were looking for a particular thing, and one of the guitar players 
didn't quite have it that way. And they had tried to do it for 30 times and it's two in the morning. And finally he said, well, guys, no, that's not quite it. Let's do it again and do it like this. And one of the guys said, well, no, that's just good enough for gospel music. Yeah. Well, (laughs) that was the last session this guy did. And rightly so. So what's he saying? Just good enough for what? Because if he'd been doing a country record or a rock record, he'd have been willing to do it again and put some more effort into it. But this is just gospel music. Now, I know you don't agree with that and you don't think that's right, but I'm telling you that mentality is pervasive in local churches in this country, in this state, county, all over the place. If the pastors or leadership act like they're going to hold people to a standard of excellence, people get upset. They want you to let them do it ever how they want to do it as they have time and as they feel like it. And if you say, no, no, we need to bring that up. They look at you like, what? I mean, this is the church. I mean, I'm giving what time I can to it. No, the church, whatever is done, let it be diligently. Somebody say diligently. Diligently done. The very best we know how to do and all the while we're believing to do it better. God show us how to do it better. Can you say amen? We don't have enough of this in us. Our minds need to be renewed. We're still dealing with centuries of little bitty small groups getting together and if you did anything people just went oh oh thank you thank you thank you for you showed up glory to god you showed up bless your heart oh no you put a quarter in the plate and you're gonna sweep the sidewalk too i know you left half of it dirty but glory to god we're just so glad that you came and people have gotten used to that yeah And they like that because nothing is expected of them and nothing is required of them. They get indignant and upset if anybody suggests raising their standard, doing it better, putting more into it. Hmm? But we must, for we're commanded to in the word of God. Somebody say diligence. Diligence. Let it be diligently done for the house of the God of heaven. Amen. Let me give you some other definitions. We said one of them is, and this is literally, vehemently. Another one is holy. W-H-O-L-L-Y. Completely. Another one is speedily. Speedily. If it's done diligently, it's done Speedily. Actually, listen to this one. One of the literal definitions of one of the Hebrew words for diligence means to dawn. T-O-D-A-W-N. To dawn. What does that mean? It means at dawn. Quarter before early. Dawn. D-A-W-N. When the sun rises. Diligent means 
early. Get up early, be ready. Now you will find this a consistent quality of diligence. Diligent people you don't have to wait on. Diligent people, you know, anybody can get hung up on something and be late once in 10 years. You know, but diligent people are prompt and early. Lazy people are consistently late and tardy and always with excuses. Always. All the time. We're going to see that in the Bible. Do you want to be diligent? Yes. Or slothful? What does it mean to be diligent? Early. Somebody say early. Early is not always at five in the morning. Depends on what's going on. When it is and where it is and what's going on. But diligent does not mean late. It means early. At dawn. Literally. Look it up. The New Testament. Let me give you some New Testament definitions. What does it mean to be diligent? With diligence means with earnestness. Uh, also, just like the Hebrew, it means with speed, prompt, and one says very promptly. Prompt and very promptly. Energetic to make effort. And again, speedily. Speed. And I know Phyllis is liking this. Yeah, you're probably going to get this DVD, aren't you? Speed, speed. Everybody's going to get one. Is there? Oh, okay. (laughs) Speedily. Somebody say prompt. Prompt. Early. Early. Earnest. Earnest. Passionate. Passionate. With speed. Should you do what you do as unto the Lord? If he calls for you to do something, should you drag around? Should you do it half-heartedly? Hmm? Slop over and slough over and, ah, that's good enough. Leave it alone. Let it go. Whatever. How many understand Whatever. Is not cute. It's not okay. It's not acceptable. It's a stinky spiritual attitude. It's not faith. It's rebellion. So no more. Whatever. We're Christians. We don't think that way. We don't talk that way. We are. Believers. We're faith people like our father Abraham. And father Abraham was not a sloppy, lazy man. Was he? If you've studied and read, I'm telling you, this man is rich. He's by today's standards at least a multimillionaire. And he sees these men coming across the distance. He jumps up. He runs to get them. I mean, these guys got hundreds of employees. 
In the heat of the day, he runs out there and he talks to them. He, he has them come in. He gets a hold of Sarah. He tells her, go get this, fix it, get it ready. Let's do it quick. She hits it. Boom, 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 boom. And the Bible said that we are to be watchful and careful to entertain strangers. Because some have entertained angels without knowing it. He did that day. I mean, he realized it later, but. What if he hadn't been diligent? What if he'd been laying up in the tent going, it's hot. <laughs> and I'm 95. <laughs> I gotta get up and run anywhere. And I'm head of a big company. I don't jump and run. That's when you start going down. Yeah. Right. I said, that's when you start going down. Yes. And instead of continuing to go up, you start going the other way. Somebody say diligent. Diligent. There'll never come a time in your success, in your prosperity, when it's okay to quit being diligent. And let me, let me give you a little insight I got today into why the Lord's directing us, and it might help you stay happy through this. <laughs> I was going to wait, but I think some folk need it. <laughs> You know, the Lord doesn't always tell you why you're doing something or why we're supposed to get into diligence and talk about it. And he's certainly not telling you all of it, but don't need to know. But one thing he revealed to me as I was getting into it, I got happy. I thought, mm-hmm, I see that. With great prosperity. One can be tempted to get lazy. You don't have to get up and punch the clock. You don't have to go do that. You can hire somebody else to do it. You don't have to do this. You don't have to do that. You can get in a habit of that until you get just lazy. And God is beginning to pour out prosperity on us and intends to pour it out to the degree that we're going to have to be (laughs) self-motivated. Come on now, and diligent to do some stuff, because in the natural, we won't have to. I remember uh, serving with Brother Hagen, Brother Kenneth Hagen, who's in heaven. He and Mom Hagen just went to join him. He's in his 80s. We're doing meeting after meeting after meeting. We're flying here and flying there. He's preaching twice a day, going two weeks at a time, coming home and, and resting. They had a palatial home paid for and he used to talk about how God dealt with him to invest in certain things earlier in his life and how he could just sit home and do nothing and have hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars coming in every year tax free he said it's mighty tempting to just stay at home he's 85 but I noticed we kept rolling out (laughs) <laughs> and he'd say, you know, at the end of the year, you know, boys, I, I think maybe I'm going to cut back a little next year. I am 86 now, you know, I'm a, or whatever it was, 82 and 83 and 85. And I noticed next year he'd add a meeting. <laughs> we never did cut back. <laughs> How many understand when you can do anything you want to do? 
What you choose to do shows your heart. But do you see what we've already said, what the Lord is saying? Are you, are you a little excited about this? Why would he be talking to you? about? I mean, when you got to work like a mule every day just to eat and you're all occupied, well, you ain't got no choice. Be diligent or starve, you know. But God can get you to a place. Hmm? Where you could sit in your huge, nice, paid-for house and just pick up the phone every day or two if you wanted to and do nothing. Early retirement is so many people's dream. I'll retire early and, and do what? Grow old and die? Friends, we're not just here to live. We're not just here to play. We're not just here to experience life or to see the world. We're believers. We're Christians. We are here because God created us for such a time as here right now. And he has a kingdom that is advancing and you got a part of it and I got a part of it and we need to be diligent to do our part because our days are like a vapor in just a few more breaths we're out of here and it is not going to impress anybody how many countries we saw how many fish we caught How many rounds of golf we played? Anybody know what I'm talking about? How many amazing vacations we took? It's all right to have some fun. But that should not be your ultimate goal in life. I'm going to get where I can sit down and retire and do nothing. Friend, you're going to be dead in a few days. You need to do something for God. Right? Diligent. Somebody say diligent. Diligent. When you can do anything you want to do. And don't have to do things you don't want to do. What you choose to do. Shows your heart. Who you are. What's important to you. What your priorities are. Proverbs talks about. A fool's prosperity destroying him. We haven't talked about this that much, but it's just a fact. There's a whole lot of Christians that if they had a couple million dollars all at once, they wouldn't be in church next Sunday. Or they might go for a few Sundays after that, but they'd be somewhere else doing something. They'd only focusing on what I want to do and what makes me feel good. And the more you yield to the flesh, the lower your standards come. Well, it's okay to do this and it's okay to do that. And the longer you're out of church and away from the presence of God and the longer you're away from hearing the word of God, you get dull. And things you used to would have known are not okay get fuzzy to you. That's why you don't want to lay out of church. You don't want to stay away from the presence of God. You want to come and be around other believers that serve in God and love God with all their heart. Love God with all their heart, all their soul, all their mind, all their strength. Does that sound like fervency and, and diligence? Say it out loud. I choose, I choose to be diligent, to be diligent. Not, lazy. not lazy. I choose. To be fervent in spirit. spirit. And serve the Lord my God. God. 
with all my heart, all my soul, all my mind, all my strength. Did Jesus say that? Love the Lord your God like that. Glory to God. Thanks be unto God. Go with me to Proverbs, please. Can you go a little further tonight, or have you had all you want? (laughs) You're diligent listeners, aren't you? Oh, yeah. Do you see, though, that we live in a generation that is not diligent? Oh, there's some people that are, but a whole lot of people have just, you know, countries particularly that enjoy some prosperity, and particularly countries where the government takes care of everything. People have lost their incentive. Just make sure my check is there on time. And just do next to nothing that's worth anything. You know, once in a while you want to stop and ask yourself, now a hundred years from now, what I'm doing right now, (laughs) will it make any difference? And just take examination of your life. What am I doing that's going to, is it helping somebody? Is it helping the kingdom? Is it making any difference? Because I don't have an unlimited number of these days. And diligence involves this awareness, this watching. Well, go to Genesis. I didn't back up far enough. Go to Genesis. This is growing on me, guys, while I'm preaching it. That's where it's supposed to be, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Master. Go to Genesis. I want you to see one of the first references to diligence. It's another word that's used, but it means this. It's actually the same word in the Hebrew. Uh, Genesis, the second chapter. This is very early in God's dealings with men, isn't it? Well, there's one, only one previous chapter. <laughs> Genesis 2. <laughs> and man wasn't the first thing he made. So Genesis 2. And down in verse 15. The Lord God took the man. What's the first thing he did with his man after he made him? He took him. And he uh, put him into the Garden of Eden to enjoy himself. I'm sure he enjoyed himself, but that's not the main purpose he put him there. Hmm? He put him in the Garden of Eden, which is the paradise of paradises, and told him, Be loose. Enjoy yourself, man. Hmm? No, what did he tell him? He told him, he put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. That word keep, same word translated diligence in other places. Did he tell him to be diligent on something? I'm telling you, look it up. You'll see it's the same word. And you don't have to know Hebrew. 
or any other language to get that. If we give you something and say, keep that, take care of that, what are we talking about? You're going to have to watch it, pay attention to it, keep up with what's going on with it. Is it going to involve some diligence? What if you're sleeping on the job and not paying attention and it's all messed up and, well, you didn't do what you were told, which happened right here, didn't it? Was Adam being diligent about keeping that garden when this serpent is talking and and contradicting God and, and trying to tempt them? He let this go, didn't he? He let it go. He is not doing what the Lord told him to do. Are you supposed to keep up with your stuff? You know, there are all kind of Christians that believe in prosperity and believe in faith whose finances are a disaster. They owe everybody. They're behind. And they're always turning in prayer requests. They need help. Emergency help, they need help, they need help. And you know, somebody can get in a place where they need help, but I mean, they're this way chronically. Three months ago, and three months in the future, and and last year, and this year. Why? Because they are living by faith. Which to them is flying by the seat of your pants. Don't even know what you owe. Don't even know... What's due now? What's due next? Writing faith checks. I don't think it's in the bank. Maybe it is. I'll just believe the Lord will get it in there in time. That is a reproach to real faith people. It slanders all the folks that really are living by faith. Are you with me now? What did he tell Adam to do? Dress it. What did dress it mean? Dress it up. Tend it. Dress it. That's like you dressing your body. Dress it up. Put things where they're supposed to go. Make it look good. Make it look nice. And what else? Now this is the word. Keep. Keep. We might say keep up with it. Take care of it. This is the word that's also translated, be diligent. Do it diligently, diligence. With that in mind, go to Proverbs. I think I'll just close with this tonight. I, this is so big. And I think a lot of folk have enough to chew on. <laughs> Already. <laughs> Now, what if you went home and you thought, you know, I don't need to hear that. I don't think I'm going to come back next week. I don't need to hear that. That would be your flesh talking. And that would mean you really need to hear it. (laughs) And, of course, that's up to you what you're willing to hear. But uh, it could be even more exciting next week. Do you know I have seen this? You know, let's be honest. Teaching and preaching is not always just 
amazingly exhilarating every moment. I don't care who it is teaching and preaching. I mean, every moment is not just, oh, wow, glory to God, I'm about to fall out my chair. But I have noticed the people who get the really precious, amazing, good things are the folks that are willing to hang in there through the hour of, okay, Uh uh-huh, glory to God, all right, all right. Right? The hour, an hour and a half, or the, or the second hour, whatever. And then, whoo, whoo, you see it. Something amazing, something precious. The people who have the attention span of a mosquito, <laughs> they never get these kind of things. Why? Because it didn't mean enough to them to show the respect long enough For the Lord to reveal it to them. You know what I'm talking about or not? So uh, you might want to stay through the whole series. And just hang in there. and Get the precious things. Qualified. Did you find uh, Proverbs? What chapter did you go to? Well I know but which one did you feel led? <laughs> Boy, this is so, so big here. See all these pages I keep turning here? These are verses about diligence just in Proverbs. Got four pages of them. Just in Proverbs. Is this something we should be talking about? Absolutely. Uh, go to uh, Proverbs 27. I'm going to actually go to the end of them. And talk about this, and then perhaps next week, unless the Lord says something different, we'll come back and start at chapter 1. Would that be okay with you? And, and just go through and look at them, because I'm telling you, it's rich, rich, rich. And of course, there's a supply of the Spirit in these words that will come into us, get in our spirit, change us. Is it possible somebody could have been one of the biggest bums in town? And just lazy and just, like some folks say, good for nothing. And what they mean by that is you can't count on them for anything. And is it possible for somebody like that to completely change? And become one of the sharpest, most diligent, most reliable, most dependable man or woman in the whole church? Absolutely. You are... What and how you have become, not how you have to be. People say, well, I I am the way I am. You weren't born that way. You became that way. But the way you have become is not the way you have to be. You can be different. You can change. How many believe God can help you? You can change. That he can work in you to will and to do of all his good and perfect pleasure. He can strengthen you with strength by his spirit in your inner man. He can quicken you and make you of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. Giving you the mind of the anointed one. You can change. You can change. Maybe you're famous for being late. 
But you can be famous for being early. You can change. Maybe everybody knows how unreliable you are. That can change in a few months. Can't it? If you're willing. The past is the past. The future is not written in stone. Proverbs 27. What did he tell Adam? He told him to keep what he gave him. What does it mean to keep? Let's talk about our definitions of diligence again. We said this same word translated diligent. Keep. So he gave him this garden. And he said be diligent with this. Keep this. Let's go over our words again. Take care of it. What else? Be fervent about taking care of this. Be passionate about this. Be up early watching out for it. Take care of what needs to be taken care of promptly. And very promptly. And speedily. With earnestness and sincerity. And what is he standing back there behind his wife saying nothing. Doing nothing. You know what one of the words for lazy means to lean idly. That paints a picture doesn't it? You're leaning up against something. Doing what? Nothing. And that's what he's doing. He's leaning up against something, watching this unfold, listening to it, and did nothing when God told him, him, to keep this thing. He let the serpent in there. He let him talk. He let him do this. And oh man, how it affected the earth and the curse. Now you don't want to be in fear, but you do want to be aware, watching, vigilant, diligent, going, that's not supposed to be there. Not stop. Get that out. That's not right. No, this goes over here, and this goes right here. How many know in order to get it all right, you got to watch it. you got to pay attention. you got to stay awake. First of all, you got to be there. Right? you got to be there. Are you getting a hold of the spirit of diligence? You don't have to be spastic about it. You don't have to be biting your nails and afraid, oh, I'm afraid it's going to mess up. No, not fear, not fear, just diligence. Somebody say, not fear, no fear, just diligence. Proverbs 27, are you there? I think I can close with this. The Lord has helped us tonight, friends. We have gotten off to a good start. I'm so glad because I didn't know what I was going to say. <laughs> uh, he is so good to us. Proverbs 27, notice this. And verse 23. Proverbs 27, 23. What did he say? Be thou diligent. Give me some definitions. Vehement. Prompt. 
Huh? Early. What else? Passionately. Be diligent. Be all this for what? Now that's the first word. Be diligent to know. To know. You be diligent to know what's going on. The state, the condition of your flocks. Now they were an agrarian society. They grew crops. They had herds and flocks. They had sheep. They had goats. They had camels. They had cows. So let's look at it literally and then also apply it to how it do, you know, is for us in this generation. If you got cows and it's midnight and you hear one of them lowing in the back 40, if you're a faith person, you can just go, Lord, take care of my cow and roll over. Huh? What about when the Bible says, rancher, cowman, you be diligent to know what's going on, to know the state of your cows. Now, you don't run yourself ragged in fear that something's going to happen, but you do know it's my job to find out what's going on with my cows and to keep up with my cows. And not let goof off and, and make confessions. Because this is Bible too. Yes. How many understand this is just as much Bible as Mark 11, 23 and 24. What's going on with my cows? So I ain't got any cows because that verse don't apply to me. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You got some kind of cow. Right? <laughs> we were talking a few moments ago about people who claim to be faith people. But they don't have a clue about their finances. They owe everybody. They don't know what they're paying in interest. They don't, they don't know if their payments are, are on time or they're due. They don't know what's in their accounts. And they think just flying by the seat of your pants and trying to hope everything's going to be okay is faith. They call that faith. Phyllis and I made mistakes in these areas when we first started. We didn't keep up with our stuff like we should have. We were too sloppy and Got behind, got messed up. And one of the first things the Lord told me to get out, I just want him to fix it. Just give me some money and let's get out of here, you know, and get out of this problem. But that wasn't a problem. He knew if I didn't make some changes, I'm going to be in trouble again in a few weeks or months. He brought me to that scripture. He said, Keith, I told you to be diligent to know this do you know what's going on in your ministry do you know what's coming in do you know what's going out do you know how much this is how much and the bigger something gets but that's why so many ministries and businesses get in trouble because leadership turns everything over to somebody else and don't even know what's going on you understand what the lord tell you Be diligent to know the state, the condition of your flocks. Keep reading. What's it going to say? Look well. What does that say? Look well. What does that mean? (laughs) Look well. No, don't just look. Look well. The Hebrew there is at your heart. Look at your heart. To your herds. For riches. Why do you need to be diligent? Why do you need to look well? Because there is a devil. Who wants to steal your prosperity. 
And he's looking for you to get sloppy and quit paying attention. And get lazy and call it faith and open the door where he can come in and steal it. And rob you. God is being so good to us, Faith Life family. Because before he pours on this next level of prosperity, he's preparing us so we don't let the devil just steal it from us as soon as we get it. Thanks, Be You ought to stand up and thank God for that right now. Just stand up and thank God for that. Lord, oh, we worship you. Oh, thank you. Thank you for looking out for us. You who see the end from the beginning. You who know our heart and our mind inside and out. You who know what's coming next and what needs to come next. We are not ignorant of Satan's device because you forewarn us and you prepare us and you forearm us. Thank you. 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 So what Phyllis and I did, and uh, we, I told her, I said, we've got to have reports every week. I've got to have reports that you look at, that I look at. We can't just bump. I know we're in and out. I know we're traveling, but I want reports, reports, what came in, what went out, what this is, what's coming next. And thank God our staff has done that and been diligent. We still do that. Every Thursday, I get a report. Every Thursday. And uh, the Lord's blessed us too. The devil's not stolen a bunch of stuff from us. I need to know what's going on. Phyllis needs to know what's going on. Now, I don't look at your personal giving. That's between you and the Lord. So as I look around and see your face, I don't know what you gave. <laughs> Somebody said, well, I want you to. No, you don't. <laughs> I won't even get into that. But I do need to know the business. You need to know your business. And so if you've been sloppy and lax in your finances, this is a good place to start. Getting something straight in this area will carry over into other areas for you. Have you ever noticed you clean up a closet? What do you want to do next? Well, if it turns out real good and you go, oh, man, that looks good. What do you want to do now? Let's clean your closet up. Right? I mean, you want to go to the next thing. Why? It inspires you. And that's the way it is spiritually. You might think, well, finances ain't my whole life. It's not, but getting it together in one area will help you out and inspire you and stir you up in the other. I know people may not want to do it, and you may be afraid to find out what you really owe (laughs) and how far behind you really are and how much interest you're really paying on that. But it is not faith to stick your head in the sand and make confessions. You get your stuff out. You sit down with a calculator. You put it on paper. Now you're supposed to do this before Vision Sunday. So you know what you're claiming and what you're believing for. And you're not just playing games and pretending. But if you happen, you can do it right now. Huh? You can do it this week. You can do it this weekend. Get, be diligent to know the state of your stuff. Look well to the condition of your things. Faith is not pretending. Faith is looking the obstacles right square in the eye 
and saying, I'm believing over you. We're coming out. Close your eyes. Pray it out loud with me. Father God, I thank you for your Holy Spirit within me. Thank you for the anointing of excellence. Thank you for your excellent greatness, your precision, your perfection. You are very great, and I am your child, made in your likeness, made in your image. I am like you. And growing up to be just like you, I pray, work in me further to will and to do of your good and perfect pleasure. Areas I've been slack in or lax in, show me, reveal it to me. Show me how to be diligent in that area. What changes to make. And by your grace, I am willing and I purpose to make changes. To put this word into practice in my life. And I thank you for rebuking the devourer. For my sake and for great increase in Jesus' name. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Just lift up your hands. Begin to praise the Lord and give glory to God. Oh, thank you, Lord. 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 Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.